Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blister Podcast on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we've got our good friend and Blister member, Jeff McFetridge, back on the podcast, in part because Jeff was just here in Crested Butte, and we finally had a chance to meet up here, ski together for a couple of days, have hour upon hour of really good conversation, and mostly just a whole lot of fun. Jeff is an incredibly talented and accomplished designer and artist, and it still boggles my mind a bit when I think about the incredible people and companies that Jeff has worked with and continues to work with to this day. Just to name a few, Jeff has worked with the Beastie Boys, Pharrell Williams, Spike Jones, Rick Rubin, Apple, as in Jeff is the only artist in the world whose artwork is featured as an option on the Apple Watch. He has collaborated with Patagonia and Nike and Burton and K2, and he has also worked with some of the highest fashion houses in the world, like Hermes. And as I stated, this is a very truncated list that I've just named. But beyond all of those artistic accomplishments, a massive reason why I am such a big fan of Jeff's is because he is a really, really nice person. He is a really, really curious and creative person. And he happens to be a really passionate skier, too. So I will include a link in the show notes of this episode, well, links to our past published conversations on Blister, and that will include also the origin story of how Jeff and I met. But in this conversation, which we recorded after our second day of skiing hard together, Jeff and I are talking about skiing and ski graphics. We talk about telemarking versus alpine skiing. We talk about the state of outdoor media and a kind of vision for outdoor media that Jeff and I both very much believe in and more. And then I do mention it in this particular conversation with Jeff, but I'll say it again here. On Wednesday, over on our Crafted podcast, Jeff and I have a separate conversation where we dive more specifically into his own artwork and we talk more specifically about some of his processes, how he goes about collaborations, and more. But for now, let's get to the conversation that Jeff and I recorded Saturday night in Blister Headquarters in Elevation Hotel, right at the base of Crested Butte Mountain Resort. Hope you enjoy this one, and we'll catch you over on Crafted on Wednesday to talk more about art. Here we go. Well, Jeff McFetridge, the last time I saw you in person was at your studio in Los Angeles and probably about, what, 10 days ago, I get a text from you, maybe less, that you're like, hey, I'm coming to Crested Butte. Surprise. Surprise. You're going to be there? And I'm like, you know, we're maybe a little 
tired from this summit event we just got done with, but by all means, come through. You didn't say that. You said like, great. No, I did. Did you? I, I, oh, I was, I was yeah. genuinely. Oh, no, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I was right. genuinely excited that you were coming. So this is cool. Welcome to Blister Headquarters. And we just had two really good days of skiing here. Yes. That's how I roll. You claim this. You're claiming you like bring the good conditions when you show up at a I will place. never claim it because I feel like that's a jinx. Oh, yeah. But I look, I, I definitely, I feel like, oh, of course, I'm at Crested Butte. And we keep running into your friends and they're like, this is like best day of the season. <laughs> Next day, this seems like the best day of the season. Because <laughs> I'm here for two days. Yeah. You know, I live in Los Angeles. I had a little business. So this is for people who live in Los Angeles. Do business in Denver mm -hmm. so that you can rent a car and drive to Crested Butte. I will tell you now, it's about five hours, but it's a pleasant drive. Yeah. And get really good skiing for two days and then head back. You think only two days, huh? Sounds a little soft. Tomorrow's going to be yeah, good Yeah, but this too. is for people who are like, I can't go at all. Oh, okay. okay. This is so a, like, like, I baby can't. steps. Yeah, like, you know, like reasonably I could be like, oh, I'm just going to, like the people, the other people, I'm working on this project in Denver, in Fort Collins, mm -hmm. and they all got on a plane that night, yeah. half of them, or doing, the next morning. Doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, and we should also say that you just had a show opening in L.A., but we're not actually going to talk about that in this conversation. We're saving that for a crafted conversation. So I feel like, you know, when you have a very influential artist and designer roll through, we, we need to definitely talk about that stuff. And I very much want to. But then this one's kind of for just us. Like we're just <laughs> going to kind of talk skiing and telemarking versus alpine skiing. And so, yeah. That's what we're doing here. But I promise for anyone listening to this, when they're like, why aren't you talking to Jeff about <laughs> his actual work? It's like, that's crafted. Go check that out and don't send us angry, angry notes. Yeah. Um, should also tell people we have recorded some previous Blister podcasts and Gear 30, actually. Yeah. But we tell the kind of origin story of us meeting in a previous episode so we won't rehash all that but um and like who i am and my relationship to skiing and stuff yes we we covered that territory but this is the elephant in the room you were the guy we had on gear 30 when well prior to us recording our crash course telemark video that was the gear 30 episode i reached out to you for advice because you are a teleskier and you tallied yesterday very well, by the way. But then today, you were an alpine skier. Right. And I'm like, this, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. Telly skiers are people that don't even telly. Like, they just end up, you're like, I don't know, I might try this alpine thing. And you skied the mountain super well yesterday on telly. So it wasn't, you, you weren't like, this is weird or tricky. I might have no, any no, easy. No. So explain, please, what's happening? I think there's a there's a bunch of stuff that I think that's interesting about this. So um, 
I was just one of the, I was coming here and I was super interested in see where you run Blister. I'm a fan. I'm a, I'm a member. I'm a Blister member. And so I wanted to see, and I wanted other people to see, like I took some photos and put it on Instagram, like the wall of skis and the piles of gear <laughs> and the, you know, it's like this absurd <laughs> temple to gear in Crested Butte. That's fairly open to the public. When I was here, yeah. one, one, uh, uh, man and his son came through yeah. and we're looking at stuff and you have people are allowed to do tours. And, yeah. um, so it seemed, so in my mind, I'm like, so I'm flying with skis, right? I flew in with a pair of boots and a pair of skis you with did. bindings on them. Why? Because I'm a telemarker because yeah. of the 750 <laughs> pairs of skis here. There's not one I know. pair of telemark bindings mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever rigs. So, yeah. Or, and then, then no boots. No. So I had to bring my gear. Okay. And also, I mean, I tell, I've telemarked only for 15 years or something, you know? So, um, so that's interesting, but, oh, so what I was going to say is, but it seemed crazy to, in my mind, in the back of my mind, there was a little, that was like, if you're coming to the temple of Alpine gear, why would you not? It's like the ah. tourist who like goes to McDonald's. Right. Like just because like you love McDonald's, like goes to McDonald's and at home in, uh, in Italy. Right. You oh, go to yeah, Italy and you go to McDonald's. No, right? don't do that. Nothing wrong with it. But like, you know, so um, I in my back of my mind, I was like, oh, I should try. I should try some gear. I want to ask you guys, like, what's what's good? What's a good boot? What's an interesting ski? Um, and I could have done that both days. You could have. But I really wanted to. This is like a. Again, like Crested Butte is like a really important place. And it's like part of the history of Telemark skiing. And I wanted to ski, I wanted to ski these lines Telemark, you know? And it's like a, you know, it's like a kind of a challenge. And, and then, but okay, this is what sort of, when you were in th the introduction, I have like sort of a question for you. Cause uh -huh. this is sort of one of the things you get into as a Telemark skier. And this is also, this is for anyone who's like a guest, right? So I came to you, we've never skied together before. Right. And like, I've seen photos of you ski. I know you're a strong skier. Um, I've never been here before. Um, so I don't know like zones or whatever, mm -hmm. but um, as like a guest, you have to take me skiing. Yeah. And then there's the added level of like, oh wait, in your group, <laughs> which our group was just me and you, it's like, this guy's on Telemark. So that can mean a lot of things. Huh. Like that could mean like, don't like, don't take this guy down like a mandatory, you know, like a no fall zone or yeah. whatever. <laughs> like no fall zone in Telemark is generally like, <laughs> they don't go well together yeah. or whatever. So anyway, I thought that was sort of interesting. So what was that like for you to have a guest huh. who's on weirdo gear? <laughs> well, I mean, this, this is an interesting thing, right? Because we don't like all the time. I'm, I'm not a guide. Like we, we, we are out reviewing skis and doing that sort of thing. And somebody comes through, we might be able to ski a few laps with them or something. Um, but like at the blister summit that we just had, we were going out with all kinds of people that we had never skied with before. And to be honest, like shout out to all the guides out there. It's kind of nerve wracking. And I mean, we had a blast doing it and we love this place as you well know, 
And so it's so fun to introduce people to it. But a big thing is quickly calibrating like, okay, what is somebody into? What kind of terrain do they like? You know, some people came to the summit and were only interested in skiing groomers. Totally fine. And we did that. Speaking of weirdos. No, no, no. <laughs> Listen to you, judgy, all judgy. You know, but it just kind of depends on on what people want to do. And we have a pretty broad range of stuff. But so that's kind of, I didn't care what gear you were on. Okay. It's about, about kind of quickly assessing like, okay, I think Jeff will feel comfortable in this particular zone and actually enjoy it, which I should yeah. probably out myself here because our first lap, your first day here, our first lap, you know, it, it had just snowed a bunch and visibility wasn't, it was kind of a storm day. So like visibility wasn't great. And I was like, oh, we might like just head over to East River zone. It's like pretty mellow. It's your first lap. And we literally started over to like East River. And then I was just like, Jeff, I yelled at you and like banged her right because North Face was spinning. And I was like, I'm really sorry, man. But like North Face T-bar is spinning. Like we're just going up right now. And so that was actually kind of your actual first lap in Crested Butte. <laughs> and I was like, he'll figure it out. I think I think I know where, where we might be able to go. He'll probably like it. And turned out you love that first lap. Oh, yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. I guess, and, and to backtrack a bit, it's like, I guess what I'm talking about is being a guide. Like guides yeah. do this all the time. Yeah. And so like, I have had a guide, like when I went, like my one trip to Alaska, my, my friend, Dan Caruso, who was my guide, he begged me not to telemark. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I, I still, I've never talked to him about it because it was very serious. Yeah. So I did, I had brought a pair of Alpine skis. So, but yeah, that was a great lap. Guides have to get good at this. Mm -hmm. And then they have to also maybe keep dumbing things down because they really are responsible. When you're skiing with friends, I think it's an interesting thing to talk mm -hmm. about. Like, yeah. like, yeah, nobody wants to, everyone wants to have fun. And, and also I don't want to be a bad guest, like uh -huh. slow a group down or, you know, whatever, you know, but that was super fun. And I think, I mean, I think I kept like, you know, I kept asking you like, if you were just skiing today, where, where would you ski? Like, would you ski this or mm -hmm. what, you know? And it seemed like it was, stuff you'd ski or, oh yeah. yeah i mean by yeah. the end of the day yesterday i mean we went and skied one of my favorite lines on the mountain cesspool oh and so um fun. i'm so glad we made it over there yeah and um yeah but no i mean it was just kind of feeling you out and then everybody's different and you're at a new mountain and it's not the easiest mountain in the world and you were talking about sometimes guides have to dumb things down yeah. well i mean one way to put it is just keep people in their if they want to very much stay in their comfort zone, then a good guide should probably do that. I think I'm not a guide, but, and then there's other people that are like, okay, new spot, get me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Right. Yeah, and like you're almost like, that's what I'm paying for. That's yep. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's a dynamic that all guides deal with. And it's probably a good thing for anybody who is hiring a guide of any sort to really think through like, what kind of skier am I or what kind of adventure do I want to get yeah. into? Do I want to just keep it safe and be like within my comfort zone the whole time? Or do I want to get out of it a little bit? And yeah. that's probably a really important conversation to have with your guide. Yeah. Except for the people like we were talking about today, I think our buddy Rob 
said he overheard someone saying to an instructor or something like take me to the NAR yeah. at that point if someone says that definitely do not take them to the NAR see I'm sort of the opposite of that I'll say like oh I'm just good for whatever I just want to you know I just want to ski and see the place but in, but actually like every time we were in NAR I was really happy mm-hmm but I'm never going to say like, take me to yeah. something that's scary. Yeah. But every time we were in a place that was like, that was intense, I was so happy. So it's sort of interesting, you yeah. know, like, I would, you know, I'm like, yeah. I'm so curious though, why Dan in Alaska was like, don't be on telegear. I think it was about releasability. Okay. I was on axles. Um, they don't release. Yeah. So it's just like, it's the, it's the big issue. Like they have released him really catastrophic. I have had yeah. him pop off yeah. in a catastrophic fall. But if you get buried, like it's like digging up and up, like it's like, do you want to bury the handle of the rake or the, the rake part of the rake, you know, like and pulling that out or whatever is pretty, I think. Mm-hmm. I never really talked to him about it because it's just like, trust your guide. And I was just like, he was just like, please. And I think maybe it was, or he was just like on the day one or whatever and, I don't remember the conversation with him. I should ask him. Yeah. He won't remember. <laughs> so that day you did ski alpine gear? Yeah, I did. Okay. And then, and then I skied every day in every day I skied partially because I had these, those giant, the DPS Lotus 138s. Oh, you did. That's what you were on. That was the ski. We I talked had. about that yeah. ski today. I was like, I wish I was on that ski today. Yeah. Over in third bowl. Yeah. Like, I was like, that would be my Which ideal I ski was, for this. I was shocked. Yeah. yeah. But I would, I would have loved that. So it's a cool idea in the tight trees or whatever, but they were, they are the 192. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then my other skis were my Wagners, which I'd gotten in the mail the day before my trip. So I'd never skied them, yeah. which Welcome. is sort of my style. <laughs> Just throw yourself. <laughs> just in. fly to Alaska with two pairs of skis. That, yeah, that's pretty blister style too. Yeah, like, like we're hope this alpine. I never ski alpine, and yeah. skis I've never skied. Yeah. Okay, so yesterday you're on your standard telly setup. It's a good day. It's like okay, Jeff's skiing great. Maybe not quite as well as we were skiing in our crash course video, you know, but <laughs> but pretty good. True. But then today the switch over to alpine gear. You didn't make any comment the whole, and like we were skiing some non-beginner stuff. Right. And you never commented like, oh, this is kind of weird. I got to get used to this or remember, like, is it that from going back from telly to Alpine? It's just like, if you can telly, like Alpine is the dumbing down of skiing and you're just like, okay, well, this is easy. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, definitely you saw me. What was funny about me getting into them? Oh, yeah. I was like, you could not get into it. You I could couldn't not. get into <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about that. I was like, how hard do I push? Do I have to really? St-? Like, I've watched watched you guys, like, step into skis so many times. Like, I was like, Jeff, stop <laughs> starting with your foot. With your foot <laughs> like, all like, high. Like, two feet above the binding and trying to slam down into it. Like, don't do that. Yeah, it's like teaching your kid how to hammer a nail. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, anyway. That was the hardest part of the that day That was for you. proof that I have not alpined in. Yeah. In, oh, like, yeah. in no more than a decade. Um, I was surprised. I don't, I have, it's really hard because it's hard to say because it was so, yeah, I just felt like instinctive skiing, sort of skiing. I think because we were skiing a lot of stuff that was like, like it was just, I don't know, it was the type of skiing where it was like, it was like a lot of steep stuff, a lot of bumped out, like mm-hmm. snow on bumps, mm-hmm. like type of skiing. So it's like, you just have to put a turn there no matter what, whether it's like, like I'd have to put a turn there if I was telemark mm-hmm. or alpine. There was no like, I wasn't, 
there was a few times, like when we were in a few open zones where it was like, like it was like soft bumps. Like yeah. there was one section. I think I went by you because I was like, yeah. I was going so, because I was just like, I'm going to just fly through this thing like <laughs> yep. crazed, like fast. Yep. So that was like, there was a few moments where I was like, I wouldn't do this on Telemark, you know, like, like, like sucking up bumps and mm -hmm. going mock for me, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but the rest of it, because it was like, you just have to put, I, like, you know, and there was, I mean, I, I would have skied like I would, like I would today for me, I would have skied all that on my telemark skis. I just, it would have been a more struggle, more crashes. Like I would have got more tired. I would have, you know, I would have skied slower, I think, you know? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. That's what's so fun about time. Cause like, I don't actually know. Mm -hmm. Like it's always a, there's always this question of like, how's this going to go? Yeah. You know, because it's, like I am on a new pair of skis and like, I don't know how they're going to perform. And like, yeah, we went through Mank, we went through, yeah. you know, there was like different types of snow and, um, um, but if like I was on my telemark skis today, would we, do you think we would have covered as, cause we covered edge to edge, edge, to edge. the whole resort. Yeah. Some stuff that Rob was saying, like only got good today and mm -hmm. might not get good again the rest of the season. I mm -hmm. mean, there was amazing zones. Yeah. Like what, do you think we would have gone to all those zones if I was on Telemark? Yeah, totally. Oh, okay. I yeah. totally do. I mean, just because you did not seem to have any trouble yeah. at all. We weren't like... Yeah. We weren't... Because like, I would have been fine, but that's the guest speaking. Like, I don't know. Like... Yeah. You know, like, because, yeah, it's like when you're a guest, like, you, and, and you guys are all considerate. You're not going to... You don't want to see me, like, land on my head or whatever. Like, no, we were hoping <laughs> you wouldn't land on your head. We didn't want to kill... Well, we killed the artist, Jeff McFetridge, today. Yeah. That wouldn't be a great... Not a great headline for us. You wouldn't have talked about it, actually. <laughs> we just would <laughs> be like, yeah, he got hurt and crested me. I don't know. Buried you in third yeah. bowl. We were like, we're not sure yeah. where he went. Yeah, I think he said he had to leave. Get back to, get back to LA. Okay, so back to back days. We you know we like to a b things around here. You really weren't at all at any point today being like, I kind of wish I was on Tele Gear here, and you weren't. Like I kind of, why didn't I just ski Alpine gear yesterday? Sort of neither. Yeah. Like definitely I was like, yeah, I was like, it was funny. Cause Rob said like, um, well, I don't know what he said, but he said like, he's like, Oh, conversion, conversion oh, yeah. therapy. Yeah. And, and I was like, Oh, have you seen this before? And he said, yeah. And I've never seen anybody go back. Yep. And I, and that I, it stuck with me, you know? And I'd like, also I would, I think it's like, it was, I mean, it was to me, everything's interesting to me. So I'm gonna, like, I always say like, this is interesting, but I did think it was interesting that we were skiing with Rob and Sydney yeah. and Sydney is a, she was originally from, she's your good friend. Yeah. And I'm going to give her a brief bio because yeah. she said she's never going on your podcast, but this, she should. This is Sydney. I'm so mad at you about this, but I've, I'm going to break you down at some point. You will be on this podcast, but anyway, yes, continue. Yeah, she could talk about that her, like she, she grew up skiing and then switched to Telemark sort of at the time when Telemark was really um, sort of booming, yeah. I would say, and was in Telluride where there's a lot of Telemark skiers and then competed in the last two, I think she said, I'm going to misquote, but she can clarify the last two years of the Telemark, the Telemark only free ride yeah. competition and like won one year. And then she talked about so skiing with Rob, her husband, who's like an unbelievably ripping skier. And she just slow, like, you know, it's sort of, which I understand, like 
it's sort of the stuff I'm talking about, like keeping up with alpine skiers or skiing everything. You know, she said like she, when she would find herself skiing alpine, she was just like, well, I'll just like over in some stuff that was like really like extreme. Then she just like switched over or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't want to tell her story, but I, it was really interesting to ski. Like that is interesting to ski with someone who's, who's was who the, was yeah. like at a much higher level than me of telemark skiing. And yeah, but for me, it was just like, I mean, it was super interesting to ski Alpine. And there was like, it was definitely like, I guess you could say like easier, but it's sort of not because you always uh, like, I'm, you know, like I it's think never, I know where you're going. Yeah. It's not easier because like I start watching Rob and I'm like, okay, he like aired that thing into that. And he's skiing the fall line, like aggre aggressively skiing the fall line. And he's doing like jump, you know, like air, air turns basically yeah. down stuff. So like, I had to actually halfway through the day tell myself like stop trying to ski Rob's lines, <laughs> you know, like not even, and obviously I'm not going to, but not even close. Like mm -hmm. I started like thinking about like, no ski, how you would ski Telemark, but you're on Alpine, like ski like around things and link your, like be like smooth, be smooth and controlled and half the speed of these guys you're skiing with. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, and it was like, and it was like a better, it was sort of like, Oh, this is, this makes more sense, mm -hmm. you know? And I felt more controlled sort of. So it was, it's sort of like, I, like, I mean, obviously I would have to put in, like, I think a few days in or yeah. whatever I could, things would change, but. But so the idea is, okay, even switching over to this gear where your heels lock down and it, I just think it is objectively easier. Yeah. If, well, now the gear is easier and now you can ratchet up speed, take more risks in terms of line choice that maybe you wouldn't if you were on a different setup. And hence, that's that's the variable I think you're describing. Exactly. Okay. So I was like airing way more stuff, like popping my turns in a way like I just don't do. Like, so it was like popping all these turns, yeah. which was super fun, you know? And that's the thing if I was like, want, like, yeah, like to follow that, it would be like, oh, I'd alpine more or whatever. And yeah, it seems cool. But I, but I don't go, it's not like, yeah, it's like, it's compared, like, it's like comparing two things, you know, apples to oranges a little, a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. but. I also think it was like really impressive. We were all impressed. You have not skied that much this season. No. I mean, because you are a dad, you have got a whole lot going on in terms of work and different projects. And we said at the top, you just had a show opening and on and on. And so I guess two things I'm wondering about. The first is, do you still have this big enthusiasm for skiing, even though you've made some choices over the last maybe especially couple of years, like you have been in it in terms of work. Yeah. Talk a bit about that. Like, in other words, does the, does the jonesing to ski kind of fade a bit because you're focused on all these other incredible projects and opportunities or nope, it's still there, but I am kind of making the sacrifice in a way to do all this other stuff. Definitely. It's like a sacrifice. Like I still love, I mean, I love skiing so much. Like, and I'll always like, tr like ask myself and answer this, 
answer the question like, is this worth it? Uh-huh. And you know, I'll happily ask, ask myself that question and I'll be like, I don't know. And then quickly be like, yes, totally. You know, like once it things, you know, once I sort of commit to something, but yeah, making a choice to have like, basically I had two shows. I had a show at Library Street in, well, Louis Boulle, which is Library Street's gallery in Detroit yeah. at, the be- at the beginning of December. Yeah. And then had a show open in February 14th. So, and then I have other stuff going on. So like when I booked those shows, I knew like, this is a season crusher to some degree, you know? And I'm not, and I don't love skiing so much that I'm like, like, cause they're both like sort of great times to have shows like for mm-hmm. me, like they timed out in other ways. So I'm not willing to be like, okay, I'm not gonna have those shows to ski, you know? It's like, I fit in a few days of touring and, you know, but like it was very, but yeah, I have, I basically have skied very little. All, you know, I skied with my family over Christmas, like just basically like skiing with my, my daughters. And then, yeah, and I haven't done any, I haven't, I haven't done any like real like turns, like <laughs> hung my tips over stuff. That's like real stuff <laughs> until that you took me on that first lap, you yeah. know, like, I mean, on those brain dead K2 skis and I'm like, I don't even know. And definitely they were like, they're too short, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And, but, um, yeah, I didn't even, you know, it's like totally, that's my style though. Yeah. You have to, you know. So in the very first podcast conversation that you and I had, which I guess was like just over two years ago, which is kind of, kind of wild. We talked a good bit about how you came up and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you were a skater, are a skater, skate board rider if people aren't used to hearing the term skater on this podcast and you know a bunch of folks in the skate world but you also know folks in the snow sports world you know me me included yes but talk a little bit about that and how often when you do get out are you kind of connecting with some people we would know or is it just by virtue of some talks about potential collaborations or like, how do you connect with folks in the snow sports world? Yeah. I mean, I have like a, like a small group, like I sort of like meet people, like it's like you meet people through people or maybe a little bit through maybe like social media or something. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like um, a good friend of mine I know through surfing is Chris Christensen. Mm -hmm. And like, I went with him on a trip to bald face and I met Brian Fox up there. Uh-huh. Um, I met a number of people up there and it's like, but it's like, and it's like, there's a sort of like degrees of separation, you know? And uh, and then I'm trying to think like, I'm good friends with Forrest Shearer. Yeah, who was just uh, here. Yeah, who was summit. just here. We were taking pictures together and like, Jeff, where are you? Yeah. You know, get here. And I think you just wrote, tell Forrest to stay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. Cause I, yeah, exactly. Cause he'd have to stay like a week. Yeah. Yeah. And then he time traveled. Cause then the next day I, I was at, it was at my opening oh, that's right. at one trick pony and he's standing there. Yeah. And I'm like, and he looked like he definitely had like goggle tan uh-huh. and he was wearing like a puffy. So it did look like he had stepped into the TARDIS and like walked into my, but he flew a plane and came back to the airport because he was like coming through town and stopped by, which was really nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love that Forrest was like booking it back to get to your yeah, show. Yeah. And I met, and I mean, I feel like I know him through Patagonia. Like I've yeah. done a lot of work for Patagonia in the past. And yeah. And I think it's like, I think I told my story 
or like on the last time I was on of like sort of like fighting my way into ski culture mm -hmm. that like I got my start in snowboard, like making snowboard graphics. Those were the first projects I ever did. And then, so those sort of, it felt like snowboard graphics sort of came easy. Like if I ever wanted to pursue it, I could have, but I never pursued it. But like if Burton called, I'd be like, absolutely, I'll do a graphic. And, um, but at that time, yeah, so, but I was still, I was doing so many other things at the time when I was doing stuff for Burton. Um, but then when K2 called, like Tim Swart called me from K2 mm -hmm. and he has a background, like he's definitely like knows Chris Christensen yeah. and he, he's from like, he has a surf skate background. So it sort of made sense. Like, oh, here's this guy who came, who's like a California guy who came up to uh, K K2 and uh, so it's sort of like, that's sort of like how I know people, like it, so it was sort of, and I, and he, he wanted to do a project and I had already done a K2 snowboard, like with a previous team. And I was like, I want to do skis. And he was like, sure. You know, <laughs> like it was just easy. Yeah. And I don't know what's different about that, but skis, like I'm looking around and it's like, yeah, skis have art on them, but they mostly don't. They don't, it's not the same as like, there's industries that like need art and design in a way that like is very different than what ski, what sort of ski is, you know? And, and we had that conversation, you know, yeah. I have a piece of art in my show currently hanging. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That's ski art, right? Uh, I, consider, I have two pieces. Wait, I have two pieces. I did three pieces for this show. So there's, it's a mainly a show of sculptures um but in the back room there's like 10 works on paper and <laughs> one two two of them have ski imagery in them which is a very high ratio in that's our a world. very high ratio <laughs> and i wanted my ideal is that nobody would notice i didn't want anybody to come and be like what's with the ski stuff because i think as skiers know like never talk skiing with someone who doesn't ski right no, I don't know this because I hang out with so many like people in. Oh snow yeah, sports. like never like say more. Yeah, yeah. Like it's great to talk to another skier about skiing, but like, tell, like, if let's say like your mom says, "Oh, uh, Jonathan loves to ski," and there's some bunch of people who don't ski, and and they then look they're looking at you blankly. like, "Tell us just something about you know," and you start talking about skiing, like that's the worst, right? Okay. It's not the worst, but this is this is the difference between like I live in Crested Butte, you live in LA, so this probably happens to you a lot more than it happens to me. I'm so happy when I'm in Crested Butte with your friends or hanging out and everyone's talking about skiing. <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, okay, yeah, like, but I see what you I just mean. like hearing. It's like because it's the conversation. First of all, I never get to have or rarely. You know, I have a bunch of friends who ski, but or snowboard or whatever. Yeah, but like, yeah, like it's like you go quickly to the level of like just nerdy ski stuff. Yeah. That's interesting, you know? But um, I get it. You're yeah. like, yeah, like I ski and people are like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And I guess I've seen some stuff in the Olympics with people on these, like with like gates on a course or something. And it's like, yeah, that's not quite what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or it's like, I mean, like more complicated in a more complicated way. It's like, Oh, you're talking about skiing. Oh, must must be nice to be uh -huh. a, like a rich white person. You uh -huh. know what I mean? Like, like there's so many levels to it. You know. Um, anyway, I'll describe the the piece in the show that we were talking about, which <laughs> to me is like it's like a a never been done in in <laughs> the ski art world, and it's it's a it's a girl. She's underwater. She's in a wetsuit, and uh -huh. it's from behind, 
and and she's riding she's let's say skiing and but what she's instead of skis she's on she's standing on two giant sharks and you can't see their mouths you can't see all you see are their fins mm -hmm. their tails <laughs> but the mouths the dangerous part of the shark is implied um but the key to the image which i drew it both ways but then uh. I, i so i drew it one way and then i drew it the way which it ended up so it's a painting is she's holding poles right so you imagine the image without the poles is she's just standing on two sharks underwater it's a sort of like super dangerous implausible sea world type moment on sharks mm -hmm. right so it's talking for me it's like th this like the image is about my daughters it's about growing up as a young woman and just you know or anybody but for me it's like i have two daughters and watching francis and phoebe like grow up and that how you're just constantly dodging landmines and it it's you're like what's what's expected of kids is to go into the unknown take risks take chances and like you know that's what we expect that's the standard for kids like try new things go to a new school You know, from, you know, both of my daughters ride horses, like mm. get on this horse that you don't know mm. what it's going to do and jump it. And, you know, but there's so many equivalents to like in growing up. That's to me about like, like, let's ride this shark down a black diamond. Right. You know, that's to me it's like <laughs> what growing up is. So anyway, so I put poles in her hand because <laughs> like what I want from the average person, because I don't care if anyone knows that, like, that's not. I don't care if anyone like deciphers what this image is about. You know, it's not about that. It's about just an image. So I wanted this moment where the first thing you notice, like the first thing you notice is the sharks, I guess. But the second thing you notice is that she's holding poles and you say to yourself, you don't need poles underwater. <laughs> right. <laughs> where it's like, yeah, of course. You know, like it's like this sort of like I've suspended this disbelief. But when I talked about it, with you you were like that's not a ski image that's not a ski image. that's not that's a classic I... that's not about skiing yeah it's like too weird it's too conceptual like i want to just see you do a painting that's just like skiing that means skiing that looks like skiing or something i mean i'm paraphrasing no it's, you're pretty you're pretty but it... so Sorry. anyway what like working in the ski world that's maybe the ski world says like we want it about skiing uh-huh So what, you know, we don't want, we don't want it like to re be almost like skiing. We want it, what you do to be ski. And like, I think that everything is this sort of sliding scale that it's like, well, how do you, how do we change what skiing's about? How do we open it up that it's about more things, includes more ideas and more people and more, more thoughts and more that it has a broader palette to pull from i see this is what i'm thinking about and it's making me like the image more as opposed to i it's not that i dislike the image but i was not putting it in the ski camp yeah and this is what totally. we were kind of arguing about a bit but going back to your daughters and like riding sharks what i actually really like about that idea is like yes they have to navigate a world of a bunch of risks But those sharks are also the transportation. Yes. See, I'm good. Now, There you go. I'm now, back in your now this graces. is the type, type of stuff I like to talk about. Right. And so it's like, 
it's not just let's go do something scary and dangerous, like ride the shark. Like that is navigating the world. It, the, the vehicle itself can come with some very real dangers, but without those dangers, are you actually really getting anywhere? So that the fact that that is the transportation and not just like that image, she is not just in a cage with a shark. The sharks are totally taking her somewhere. Totally. And that's the thing about like art making. That's so interesting that you go like that, like, that's great. I love to hear you say that. Cause that's really true. And when I, when you're saying that, I'm thinking like the other thing you could say the sharks about is like social media, right? Mm. Like you're in this world where they're on, there's things happening in their lives that are like, potential like just potential disasters mm -hmm. you know it's social media like you're putting your kids in the hands of like you know facebook and stuff but it's also like it's like this debate with parents like well what what point do you let your kids on so they become fluent and they know yeah and i would say that, that i think that's really true mm -hmm. your kids need to be able to be have uh like have uh instincts in those spaces and know what is obviously dangerous and not or whatever in that world and navigate it, whatever. Um, but what's interesting as like, an, like making art, you know, is that every little detail, like the posture. So like, I'm actually, since my images are like, they're sort of, they're not realistic, but they're, they're uh, representational, like her posture, how she's holding herself. Mm -hmm. Does she look terrified? Does yeah. she look confident? She's got good form. Yep. She's, you know, she looks like, you can put a smile on her face, even though you can't see her face, but that's very often why I don't draw faces because you're doing it all. Like how she holds her hands, how she's holding her poles, mm -hmm. you know, her poles are out a bit, you know, she's like, she's on a groomer, you know, she's like, just like cruising home and you can, there's this sort of, you know, there's, there's all these things that are happening that we are as humans, like we have a real, like we're really good at deciphering images, right? Like we can, we're taking that all in. We're sensing fear. We're seeing danger. Like, I don't like, I don't draw her face. I don't draw the mouth of the shark, but we know the dangerous part of the shark. And we know, like, we can't see, like, are they going to turn around? They could grab her or whatever. Mm -hmm. But there's all these things that are like, when you make an image that are like you do instinctively, but you can sort of look back and be like, oh, I did this and this, and this, if you wanted to, to like, you know, what's going to work, you know, for what your intention is. Everything's per putting you towards the intention. And, I think it's, that's like why even when I'm working on a ski design that's very graphic, I believe like everything that's visible in design and in art is like your, your, those intentions are there, you know, and it gets sort of tricky because ski companies are like, but wait, our color scheme this year is <laughs> neon yellow, green and blue. Uh -huh. And we're focusing on, you know, uh, you know, I'm looking at stuff that's like micro, like bacteria, you know, like most <laughs> skis look like, like petri dishes, you know? <laughs> wow. Je that's, that's Jeff McFetridge's assessment of all of the skis in Blister HQ. He primarily is seeing petri dishes. Okay. Bacteria and petri dishes. Now I'm looking around. Do you have a favorite graphic in this room? If you had to pick one. Oh my God. I, I want that Hoji ski. It's like, I could yeah. never ski that ski, but I just want that Hoji Pilsner ski. Like you could hundred percent ski that ski. You would oh, really? be absolutely fine on that ski. Oh, now you've given, but now, oh my God, really? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought it was mentioned. I heard it mentioned today. No, like, no, no. That was the Renegade. Rob oh. was talking about the Renegade. I don't think Rob, Rob and I don't totally agree about this, actually. That the Renegade's like no side cut, like full well, rocker craziness. For, maybe he, to qualify, Rob is absolutely going to listen to this, by the way, and I'm going to get a like cold call. But <laughs> he doesn't think for Crested Butte, the Renegade. Ah. And he skis the the 191. He's on the the large ski, and he he loves that freaking ski for backcountry skiing. He's out oh, okay. on that thing basically every single day, almost regardless of conditions. I love that ski in the backcountry too, but um, he doesn't think it makes a ton of sense for at least inbound skiing at CB. Yeah, but that's a pretty different ski from that oh, that right. Hoji. Yeah. So how does that ski ski? Beautifully. Yeah. It's reverse camber. Yeah. I feel like. I actually talked about this with Hoji on a Gear 30. The very first iteration of the Hoji, I was like, oh, hell no. Right. When it first came out. But Which that, I feel like I remember that. That thing is money now. Wow. Um, so that's like going to be a real loose ski. It's not that It's not that loose. We talked a lot about this today. Like yeah, loose skis. Yeah. And it's not like insanely loose. Like we skied funnel. That ski would have been, I actually like now that I'm thinking of it, would have been delighted to be on that ski, like for that funnel lap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everything we skied down kind of banana to total recall. Yeah. Probably would have preferred to be on it in the manky stuff we were skiing over in third bowl. Really? Yeah. It's reverse camber. So like we were talking about getting those tips and tails out yeah. of, out of the snow. No, you could, you'd, you'd absolutely be able to ski that. That's interesting because like that's like I sort of like buy skis like the the runs you're describing, which to people would be like I would say like steeper ski steeper runs where where your turns are sort of critical and there's some stuff there there's some bumps there's some rocks there's some snow, and so like I buy skis for those conditions and then make it work in the rest. Uh -huh. That's my buying style. I feel like so that's cool to hear because I've always been curious about that ski. But yeah, I just heard, I just overheard that one conversation. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I was always curious about that ski, but that's a bummer. And by the way, the other thing we should say, Hoji, who was just here at the summit and, you know, skied four days in a row, was only skiing the Renegade. Right. This, and Rob had said, he's like, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> but it was just like shredding the hell out of this mountain on the, yeah. Yeah, on yeah. the Renegade. But no, you actually would love that. And for the record, we are looking at... Um, that sort of pilsner graphic as i call it uh on the based on the pilsner beer yeah from canada where yeah. i grew up yeah but it's a really good drawing like forget the forget the pilsner reference it's just a good drawing nice colors makes a little picture okay um, but it's limited edition we got a pair here you can't have that pair that's our that's that's for us um all right well there was no hesitation on that no, none at all. What do you think? We're actually, we were talking yesterday about like, I still have my original pair of Bibby Pros in here that I skied before I started Blister. What do you think of that graphic? I think it's pretty rad. I think that's really interesting because what we're looking at, I mean, I don't know, your, your audience might be like, have a mental picture of what that is, like that it's great. But to describe it myself. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's like there's a bunch of like cre. It looks it looks like slightly like headshot vibes. It might be like it's pretty stoner, like not airbrush, but like like almost. It's really busy. Mm -hmm. So I to me, it's like because it gets cut into two skis. Like it was probably a painting, 
that you knew what it was. But once it gets cut up, it's it gets pretty abstract and it's wild looking. And it's like next to that, then these other versions they have, the yours, the yeah, blister. Blister Pro. The Blister Pro, they're all black or all red or they're like that sort of like just one, they're just, you know, what I think a lot of people like in skis, which is no graphics at all. So it's like two extremes. It is two extremes. And it's like, maybe it's just because you look back and that's like, was such a cool ski at its time. And it's like, like if you were, if they were in a ski shop now, you'd be like, these are crazy. I don't want to, but I think those are cool. I love that graphic. Yeah. I love that graphic. I love yeah. that ski. Do you spend a lot of time looking at like when new skis get released, new snowboards get released? Do you pay attention to just, just the graphic side of things? Like what's going on from year to year or... Is it not quite as considered as all that or as intentional as all that? I'm more like zeitgeist. Like I like, I'll see stuff that I definitely don't stay on top of it, but I'm aware like all day today when you're in a place where people have like, people have like pretty cool skis in Crested Butte. I'm looking, looking around, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I'm not like, yeah, I'm not like super like what's the state of state of things, you know? Because I think, yeah, it's sort of like, easy to know like people go like it's sort of like what we're explaining like people go like real mellow or real crazy mm -hmm. or in between you know <laughs> you got three choices yeah real like, mellow real crazy or in between yeah, yeah you go like yeah and it's like the like ski companies with good logos like always are like a little bit ahead you know because it's just like you good graphics or good logos good logos because then if you just run your logo on your your ski you know like you head. It's just like, what a great logo. You you like the head logo? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I mean, that's just like the like dominant the, block form. Yeah. It's like Euro style. It's like, uh, I did a project for Pharrell and like, he's like super visual. Mm -hmm. And where we ended up was like, I basically did like the head logo for him. Like we what? started... Like it looks like it looks super. So it's for his human race. So Pharrell's brand human race. And we ended up like, basically I pulled up a bunch of research that was like Halliburton, like basically like weapon systems and military contractors. And I like looked at, I was like, I'm going to search. Cause what I was doing, like I came to him with like all this stuff that was like my impression of Pharrell world. He's doing like a, it was like a, it's like a wellness company, skincare for men, mm -hmm. everything super organic. And I came to him with like a lot of stuff that was like modular and like open-minded and sort of fun. And, and he was just like, I presented him like really a lot of stuff. And he was just like, none of this. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but like, you know, looking at a whole table, like I sort of over delivered, like it was like an entire conference table of work. Cause I was super excited about the project yeah. and working for Pharrell and, yeah. um, and I, and, and it's like, I'm not like when he, when that happens, I'm not like let down. I'm like, Oh, you're right. Huh. But what I have to do is then I understood the brief wrong. So that means I have to, I have to figure out what you mean when you want the logo and whatever brief I had, you know? And like where I ended up was like, we need to go, the opposite we need to take back powerful graphics that when you see them flying overhead you're terrified that they're going to drop a bomb on you we need to go towards like take back like what it means 
for clear, strong graphics meant to oppress or strike fear or show strength, raise capital, you know, like make like the Texas oil magnet who has money to spend likes heart pound <laughs> to invest. You know what I mean? Like we don't need to be like, we're, we're just this little company and uh -huh. we're just doing good in the world. You huh. know what I mean? It's like, take it back. So, huh. so where we ended up was like <laughs> this like very strong, you know, this, it's just, it's like, it's like you're, I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure it's just straight Euro style, which is a, it's a, it's like a font that's used a lot when, uh, in, in movies, when they need something like space, you know, uh -huh. so like RoboCop, uh -huh. you know, like that type of thing, like scary space company, the sp scary, like RoboCop vibes, you know, like scary, scary machine that will hurt you, you know, like you're an evil company, use Euro style, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's like, when I look at the head, obviously the head logo isn't evil, but it's strong. It's, it's like, very strong. We're here to race. Yeah. And I mean, I, I actually think there's, if you look at the blister font, there's yeah. some similarities with what's going on with that head. Yeah. Font. It's very strong. Yeah. yeah. It's very like, like cold. We were coming in to kick ass. <laughs> as we're you, here. As, all other, yeah. Here to crush all other media, <laughs> which it turns out. I mean, could be the last ski media standing. We'll see. Your <laughs> words, not mine. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like the reclaiming strong, bold fonts and graphics. And there's, there's something to that. I like that. Related topic. You have been giving me some grief about the lack of blister swag. I think we should talk about this. I have a yeah, very man. prominent artist and designer right here in blister headquarters and first of all you are 100 percent correct we're, we're busy man we're out there like we're putting all our effort in on the, um, the content everyone is busy no not there's <laughs> degrees there's degrees so we're we're putting it all into the content you know but you're right you're like dude why where's your stickers where's what's going on here now i will say you're Oh, well, actually, you're wearing a really great flannel, except also nobody can really buy that. So that's probably a problem. But but let's let's hash this out a little bit, designer, my my design advisor. What do you think we should be doing? I mean, we launched this Blister Artist Series, which you are holding out a little bit because apparently you have something against T-shirts. Well, I don't. I wouldn't like I came here. I want some stickers. <laughs> I want like a patch. I want a hat. Like I gave, if I, I, gave, came, I gave you two hats. Give me a hat. You got a one of one hat, by the way. Oh, you wow. that 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 kind of the dad hat, the unstructured hat, blister and black. It's like the black on black. Yeah. So you own a one of one That's cool. blister items. You have that. Yeah. No, but I think like that, like, yeah, you need you need like stickers and you need stuff like around when these people come to tour. But I think the problem with the artist series, I would say, even though I'm an artist, is like the reality is like the stuff you want. I want just like the everyday stuff. Like the problem with an artist series is like, it's separate from what Blister is, right? Not like at Blister, all. like Not Blister at all. is I'm like- pushback. You talk now, but I'm gonna well, let you finish as Like if, as like it's presented. like the special edition. It's like, you sort of want like, when you go to a place, like when I go to like a town, 
like or like a place that I'm like, oh, I want it like a souvenir, like a memory. You sort of want like you want like the thing that every like the sort of generic thing that like everybody has. You don't want like some like uh, I mean, this is me. Like I like the you know like the like the thing from the gas station rather than the thing from like the craft fair, right? Like the special thing <laughs> that there's a one of. You're sort of like I just want like something that's like maybe it's sort of cheap, but it's like. You know, I wanted the Crested Butte buff that yeah. just says Crested Butte, Crested Butte, Crested Butte all yeah. over it. Like, I'm going to try to find one of those tomorrow. But, like, that's, like, it's just, like, it just has the logo on it. And, like, that's, what, I think it's sort of, like, that's, like, the S, like, that isn't talking about, like, design. But it's, like, talking about, like, why do we want these things? Why do we want yeah. a sticker? And it's about, like, closest thing to the source and the mm -hmm. closest thing to a place that, like, holds a memory or holds a value, you know? And I think that like design isn't like, that's sort of like the difference between like, it's sort of like in a website, what's the best part about it? The programming, cause it works well, not how it looks, right? You know, like, like apps. The functionality. Functionality. Of okay. And so like, I think in design, it's like for, like if you're doing swag or how do you make something that's like the most like the thing, not like you. Like if I did you a piece of art, it'd be like, like for an artist series, it'd be like kind of about me. If it's an artist series, I'm like, I'm going to deliver like, oh, this is like the Jeff yeah. McFetridge thing. Yeah. But that's like not, that's like about me. That's not about like Crested Butte, Blister, ski reviewing, you know, like whatever. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. What about are you about? Ski reviewing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, push back. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like the idea though, because like John Fellows did the first, we were hanging out with John Fellows last yeah, night. You got awesome. to, yeah. So cool to that finally was really meet him. Fun. Yeah. By the way, where did we meet him? Which is shout out to Crested Butte. We first met John Fellows in the North Face lift line and he saw me and he was like, Jonathan. And I'm like, John, it's Jeff McFedridge. And, you know, John, you guys were on a panel session together remote uh, for year one of the summit. But, like, John really loves your work and, you know, all that. But I was like, I love that this is happening right now as we are literally about to get on it's the North so Face good. Yeah. Like, I didn't even want to say anything about it because I was like, this is perfect. Yeah, it's I've perfect. talked to John for years. And yeah. we've traded our work over. He sent me some stuff. And, yeah, he's, like, great artist. And, it was so cool. Like he's just standing at the front of the lift line. Like he was like about to tuck in like two people behind us in this, the line for the T-bar yeah. in Crested Butte. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was pretty good. But like, I like that. I mean, John's not just somebody we went and found online. Like he lives here. He knows us. He's a good guy. We're friends. Same with you. I like this whole organic thing. You're arguing my point. Exactly. No, I'm John not. John Fellows is a local legend. He's your town artist yeah that's who you want to do your swag well it's not that's not an artist series he's an artist but he's an artist that's rooted in this place like so he okay. can draw anything and it's root like he can draw like a sunset and it's rooted in crested butte because you go like that's the crested butte guy he does woodcuts and it, you know what i mean like he does like he did does images for you that like do like relate directly to crested butte yeah. or something but like that is sort of like great and i'm not saying like oh like everything has to be done by the local person but that is sort of to the point like that's to me what like works about like a john fellows blister sticker but know? we're also global and i like the idea of just bringing into the fold people like you and i met because you were a blister member and i didn't even know it yeah for a while 
And I'm like, this is cool. Like we're attracting cool people who we respect. And I'd like, I'd rather be bringing you folks in and we're saying like, whether it's a permanent thing or a limited edition thing. By the way, this started with you because you're the one who's like, where the hell is all the blister swag? Yeah. So don't don't be mad at me right now. This is this is you. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. And so I just like the idea of like, yeah, this image is from John Fellows. This image over here that might have zero to do with Crested Butte. Well, yeah, that's our friend and blister member. Yeah, Jeff you're right. Fetridge. You're right. You're right. So, like, I'm not. You're right. I'm not you're trying right. to just. You're right. Now, another thing, we actually do have shirts that just say blister on them. I could give you one of those, except as I brought to your attention, this is one of my favorite things. There's some article came out that was called like art dad style or artist dad style. And it was like this whole piece about like Jeff's fashion sense. And I was dying reading this. But you were like, oh, you know, I just like, you know, T-shirts with nothing on them. <laughs> now you're making the case you just want the basic thing. Well, it's not nothing really gets more basic than just the word blister written on a shirt. That's too basic. What say you? That's too basic. No, I don't. <laughs> and I didn't say I wanted a blister T-shirt. I said I wanted a sticker. <laughs> You want a sticker? Other people like t-shirts, though. Yeah, they do. People do like t-shirts. No, you're right. I mean, like, I'm not going to argue against, like, like, I was arguing for skis and stuff to, like, open up, like, skiing to open up its vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And I think it's, it's true, but I'm saying, like, what I want when I'm coming to a place is very basic. But maybe that's because... Like, I'm like a visual person. I'm like, I, don't, I just want it to be simple. Like, I don't want to be, I don't, like, I want gas station stuff. Like, I want it, I don't know. I, it's hard to describe, but I think, like, people will understand that. Like, 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 um, it's like uh, sometimes a place, like, produces something out of necessity. You know what I mean? Like, the person who designed the, Nor- the Crested Butte buff wasn't like slaving over it and being like, this is like the dopest buff, Mm -hmm. right? They were just like, we need to make a buff. (laughs) Oh yeah, send it to buffs.com, send them our logo. And then somebody (laughs) like repeated it, you know? And I think there's some charm in that. And that is like sort of a, like, that's, I mean, that's, but to me, that's like, if I got the job for designing the blister swag, like that, that's part of like my pro, that, that, that would be a big part of what I'd be thinking about. Like not overdoing it. Yeah. Like, you use design to get to the root of something to express something and you also go like what like i'm looking at an empty table that should be covered in swag and i i would think like if i walked into blister what would i want to see i'd want like what what would i want to see on this table and it'd be like simple things but they'd be in nice colors they'd like be like pull like language or slogans from your world that would express you know um like your values they would have the logo, but maybe it wouldn't be just logo. They'd be, I think to me, it'd be like, it'd be about like blister, like just the difference between blister crested Butte, Colorado is like on a sticker is very different than blister. Right. Yeah. So I would do that or like, all right, what the elevation is here, you know, like you start to go down this road of like, how do I explain this thing without drawing a picture of it? How do I explain this place? Like what I like about it, what I think is interesting, Mm -hmm. you know? Maybe it could just say the word blister and then <clears throat> there'd be an empty pint glass with a knife in it. Yeah, right. Right. 
Jonathan's um, breakfast. My breakfast. Yeah. My or breakfast. it could say like blister, 750,000 pairs of skis. <laughs> <laughs> or like you'd count all the pairs of skis and be like, that we're going to run like, you know, population. Yeah. Yeah. Oh you yeah. You know, population, whatever. Uh -huh. When you go through a town, like, I mean, do you know how many pairs of skis are in this room no. we're in right now? No. Like if you could guess though, counting the pile of rejects yeah. that I went through the other day. Not rejects. Not rejects, but like <laughs> wow. old skis. Yeah, like the, those the, are not rejects. That's the secret sauce. That's how we pull that those out. Those are the keepers. The, right. Well, we pull those out so we can go actually A, B things, unlike any other media company right. in the world. Yeah. So we're A, being like, this Known is how ski, this new thing control. To, yeah, see? New. Anyway, count the pairs of skis you have, and then yeah. it's like population, whatever. Over, under right now, over, under probably about 300. Okay. I think. I don't know. I have no idea, but that's probably the over, under. Yeah. Okay, I see where your head's going. I see where it's going. All right. Well, I like that you got somewhere productive. You, you're back into, you're at least considering this. Of course. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap on this because we have to go finish a movie. I don't think I want to name it here, but I really hope that when we finish it, we feel like we have things that we want to say about it. And that will go on our crafted podcast. So we're, we're giving a little bit of a teaser, but this is like a weird movie we're watching and we're both really into it. And we're both kind of critical of it at the moment. Almost because there's too many ideas in it. Huh? And I like ideas, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. But we're only, we have an hour to go. We got an hour to go. Yeah. I think the, I think the movie's like two hours and 38 minutes long. So it if is. anybody's really like, I want to figure out what they're watching, you can go do some real like down the rabbit hole work on that. I think I'm right about that. But uh, okay. Well, really fun talking skiing with you. Way more fun actually getting to ski with you. The first time we've hung out in my neck of the woods, I had so much fun when I was in LA and hanging out with you at the studio. I will absolutely be back sometime in the spring or summer. And um, yeah, looking forward to all of that. And, and honestly, I mean, we've had some wildly wide ranging conversations the last couple of days. And yeah. which is actually one of the things that I appreciate most about you. Like we just get to roll I, we really haven't given folks a sense of that. But um, in addition to your output and your work itself and all the c incredible collaborations you've done, it's just really fun to meet with a curious person who is just thinking about stuff and trying to figure out the world and the rest. And so I, I've really, really enjoyed having you here. And thank you, skiing, for bringing us together. Thank you, skiing. Yeah, thank you, skiing. We, okay, wait. We're going to maybe talk about that just for a second. Then we'll wrap on this. This morning, you and I were actually talking about like the state of outdoor media. And, and actually, this is one of the reasons when I started Blister is something that I was hoping that we would eventually sort of counteract um, and do things very differently. But... I just always felt like the same types of stories, the same interview questions were kind of getting trotted out again, again. And it kind of was just paint by numbers or it was kind of rote. And as you and I were talking this morning, 
I was saying, and you were very much agreeing, like one of the things that I love so much is that, as you just said, it is skiing that brought us together and got us connected. But then the conversations that we've been having last night and this morning, we're talking about Michel Foucault and Jacques Derrida and sometimes much dumber stuff. Like, why do you only put, like, why is your breakfast protein powder and water? And why do you stir things with a knife? And, and like, running the gamut uh, across so many different things and, and learning more about your artwork and the rest my idea or my vision for like outdoor media is that we have this common passion whether that's trail running or mountain biking or skiing or snowboarding whatever that's it and then from there we're allowed to go wherever we want to go yes and i think that like i was introduced to that concept that i only see it now in retrospect through skateboarding so people talk about skateboarding being like, oh, skateboarding is like really creative. So it attracted creative people. And so creative people like then like do things for skateboarding. And and a lot of people who skateboarded would be like the first time I saw like art that I liked was on a graphic. And it introduced me to, you know, uh, Mark Gonzalez, who was like, you know, mm. like, you know, Mark Gonzalez is someone who's like an artist and a skateboarder mm. and very creative. And I think that it's like you say, like, things get confusing because you go like, well, well, skateboarding is really like, like really specific. So it doesn't apply to something like skiing or surfing or whatever. But I think there is something to a single interest. It actually just brings in a diversity of people. So it's like nothing's inherently creative and not creative, mm -hmm. but things attract a super diverse group of people or a less diverse group of people. And you could say skateboarding is more diverse. Yeah. So it's super creative because you have these cross pollination, but let's make skiing more diverse. Yeah. Like, or skiing already is really diverse. Like people I ski with have really, they're interesting and they have, you know, they're, they're working different types of jobs and they have different backgrounds or whatever, you know, like everything. And so it's like, let's just like open up the conversation. And cause I saw how, like skateboarding for me introduced me to like a lot of opportunities I didn't have through school or mm -hmm. I didn't know any artists. I didn't know anybody working in design, but I was introduced to it through this thing. So everything's a vehicle for, for understanding new things and reaching outside of your, like maybe like first layer of community, family, school, friends or whatever, and going beyond it. So mm. I think that's really, yeah. So like I, that's my method. I, I use skiing is how I met you. Cause I, you know, you're an interesting person and oh. you know, yeah. Yeah. And I've maybe talked about this a little bit at some point, but I, I want to say it again. I mean, one of the things that I really appreciate about this activity of skiing, and I could absolutely have just said snowboarding or totally. mountain biking, like that's not the important part, but it's the thread. It is the connector. And I mean, the places that I have now gone, the people I have met in many different countries, it's because of this relatively silly thing of sliding around. And we might want to hesitate on the silly part because we just had a like sublime day 
in the mountains, getting a little scared sometimes, but the day ended on a sunset ridge with good people. And everybody's just like, this is simply the best. Like this is the best, Yeah, you know? And I appreciate that so much. And I don't care what your thread is in life. It could be chess, Yeah, right? It could be virtually anything. But for me, the world is too big and vast and that's it's that's wonderful. It's so fascinating. It's such a big world. There's so many fascinating people, so many fascinating things happening in music and art and athletics, etc. You kind of need a thread or I need a thread. Yeah. Or it's like where do you begin in this ocean of vastness? Yeah. And I really love that about these sports. Yeah. Is that that's the thread. Yeah. And the number of people in the business world and in the art world, you know, and some in the music world that I wouldn't have had. And this is to your point, those opportunities, like there wasn't a different thread. I wouldn't have made these connections. Yeah. So like, thanks skiing and snowboarding and mountain biking, et cetera. And man, I think that's actually a bit of a, we've kind of maybe hammered out a little bit of a philosophy of like, what should we be talking about? What is permissible to talk about under this umbrella of like outdoor media? And the answer should be fucking anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that we are coming into a common love, let's say common love of the outdoors. Mm -hmm. But I think being specific, it's like, yeah, you have, it's like a user interface, you know, it's a user interface. That's good. It's a user interface to the world. And it's like, I think everyone has that experience of like, like if you use skiing to get you to Switzerland, why else are you going to go to Switzerland? Like some people use chocolate to get to Switzerland yep. or watches or yep. or some people just are tourists yeah. and they go places. But I've never been that person. Uh-huh. Like I, for me, like art, I've seen the world through art. Yeah. Like so like early on, it was like we heard <laughs> that we got the we got the slogan from Barry McGee, who's a friend, and he's had early on when we we both had daughters at the same age and he was like all or nothing which meant to him as like we all go or none of us go to the show so it's like traveling the world to do shows with your family you know and i think that's like sort of like skiing like anything like so for me it was like art was a way i've seen a lot of the world but then i've had some great ski trips and it's like a trick that even if the skiing's bad like i'd be glad i came here yeah like I don't check the conditions. No. Like that's what's so funny that it was so good for yeah. two days. And when I went to the North Shore of Hawaii, it was like the best swell of the year. And when I went to Alaska, it was like pounding. Cause I was like, I'd come here anyway. Yeah. Like if you told me like, it's like we're having the worst year ever, like there would be no part of me that wouldn't come. Right. Cause I'd Agreed. be like, oh, this is cool. Yep. Cause like, I get to actually, see it with like the rocks. That's, and that's like the secret. Like we just got done saying skiing and this activity and the thing, but that's actually the secret. That's not the thing. It's not the thing. It's like, the thing, it's like, but it's not the were thing. Were you counting your turns? Are you tracking nope. your laps? It's nope. like, no, you're like, it's everything else or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? It's pretty good. All right. Now we will actually officially wrap because we got a movie to finish. Yeah. All right. Hey, appreciate it, man. Uh, always appreciate the conversations and, and this one as well. Thank you. Thanks for the good day skiing. <laughs> You're welcome. That was a good one for sure. Well, that's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Thanks so much to Jeff for the conversation. Thanks to Taylor Ahern for producing this episode And if you happen to be someone who appreciates wide-ranging conversations with incredibly accomplished people, 
and incredibly interesting people, well then please let us know by leaving us a rating or review wherever you download your podcasts. Thanks everybody. And we will catch you tomorrow over on our off the couch running podcast. And then on Wednesday, we'll catch you over on our crafted podcast for a second go round with Jeff. Till then, take care, everybody.